Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Did VGK pay Keegan Colasar too much in avoiding arbitration? We'll get into that next. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. You can find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco and at TD Chris G. And of course, at Locked On VGK on Twitter. And of course, our YouTube channel, which Chris has taken care of quite nicely. <laughs> we're trying. We're, we're trying. You, <laughs> we're brought to you today by Bet Online. With more props, odds, and lines than ever before, bet online where the game starts. Chris, over the past weekend, VGK coming to terms with the fourth line forward, Keegan Colasar, and the contract now three years at $1.4 million AAV. For the third time in VGK history, they avoid arbitration. The other two, William Carlson and Nate Schmidt. And Chris, uh, Kolasar played in 77 games this past season. He had seven uh, goals and 17 assists, 24 points. His previous salary was about $750,000 per year. If I'm the arbitrator, I would have thrown this out. I would have said, no way would I pay this guy about double of what he made a season ago. So we talked about this a little while back, and sorry, I'm looking away here. I was pulling up my comparable. Garnet Hathaway. Uh, Garnet Hathaway plays on the Caps. 21-22 season, 76 games played, 14 goals, 12 assists for a total of 26 points. His contract, he's in uh, the final year of a $1.5 million AVV for the past four seasons. So that was kind of where I went to, because I believe Hathaway was also up there in the top 10 in hits um, and also in there for um, uh, top 10 in scoring. So I'm sure this is just one small example of other players that, you know, BGK was looking at and what the arbitrator might have ended up looking at. So if we're only going to use that as a comparable, would would BGK have only lost a hundred K if they would have let it gone to our, let it go all the way to arbitration. I don't know. That's certainly um, a reasonable question that we're not going to know the answer to at this moment. Um, I'm pulling up Keegan Colasar's stats right now, just, just to compare side by but, side. But here. Don't you, don't you think Chris that uh, in all three instances, VGK has overpaid or paid more than they would have perhaps if they had gone to an arbitrator? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's such a Regency bias going back with William Carlson, first and foremost, with those uh, 40 whatever goals, 43 43. goals, you know, coming off of a six goal season and and all of that. So, you know, is there a risk if you do go all the way? Because I believe if you go to arbitration, aren't you like, isn't it a done deal? Like whatever the arbitrator says, like, isn't that like you can't say no at that point. You can't say no at that point. So. What if they the try to, They try to meet in the middle. They'll try to meet in the middle between what Colasar had wanted and VGK. I feel that VGK does not want to go to arbitration for some reason, and maybe there was a higher price on the table, uh, but VGK doesn't want to go in front of that arbitrator. Yeah, it's it's all fair, and certainly I would wonder if we compared this to other franchises. I wonder how often things do go to an arbitrator. 
and how it works out. Because usually the the news will come through the media what the offer was, what the player was looking for, and then where the arbitrator ends up coming back. So I I wonder how many times per year the arbitrator does get involved. Um, I don't pay a ton of attention to that, but I don't recall just, you know, nightly listening to the, you know, in the car listening to the NHL network or at night watching TV. Like I don't hear too much and this would be arbitration season, you would think. So if it's going to be happening now would certainly be the time. Um, Does VGK have a fear of the arbitrator? Probably. I mean, I think in the case of William Carlson, you know, Regency bias goes a long way. And what if they came back with a $6 million contract or something? They, if they thought he was going to be a, a prominent 40 goal scorer, that would have been absolutely even more heartbreaking than the spot we're currently in with him at five, whatever the number is. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it works out with the other players. Cause we're still waiting on Nick Watt and Nick Hague, correct? Yeah. I was going to ask you, and I think that there is somewhere in the vicinity of $5 million left for those two players. Approximately. Yeah. I mean, if you go on cap friendly is weird right now, it shows us in the red, but that's because, Shea Weber's contract currently counts against. And then once um, uh, Ben Fisher helped clarify that a little bit on Friday's show, folks, if you want to go back and check that out, we had Ben Fisher from the hockey writers on, he spoke a little bit to the situation with uh, Shea Weber and kind of helped clear that air a little bit, but long story short, we're going to, we got about five and change available and I don't see Nick Watt and Nick Haig taking all of that money. I don't think so. At least a 15 goal score. I mean, you know, maybe maybe 1.8, 2.2 for a bridge, something like that. And Nick Haig probably in maybe the same ballpark, maybe a little bit less even. Um, maybe I'll just keep enough money on the table to sign Paul Stasny. We'll see. <laughs> uh, did, did you think that uh, perhaps the Golden Knights did not want to, also for continuity's sake, did not want to break up the fourth line? Uh, they played really well at times last season. Uh, they really pushed the puck. They did pretty well in the forecheck. Uh, they played physical. They actually put shots on net, which uh, the misfit line could not do at times. I, I don't think it's as much about keeping the fourth line together because Cassidy is going to do what Cassidy is going to do with all the lines. He's already on record for saying he wants to move around the misfits a little bit to see, you know, what, to see if we can get more out of them, which fine, whatever. I, I like the statement. It's probably a little bit of a gamesmanship and, and a motivation for the locker room, honestly. But, you know, we'll we'll see how that shakes out once uh, September rolls around and the camp starts and everything. Um, but I think it's just about keeping Colasar, honestly. I mean, listen, Colasar, we've talked about him, and I have not been a Colasar fan for a, a very long time. I, I joke with my season ticket friends behind me whenever he's on a breakaway. I kind of, uh, I'll literally like look at them as he's skating to the net, just shaking my head, knowing that, you know, the puck's not going to, he's not going to finish it. And maybe that's a little bit harsh, unfortunately. But looking at his numbers, it was, uh, I just pulled up, it was seven and 17, I believe. 17. So seven, seven, yeah, and seven, seven and 17. So 24 goals versus Garnet, or seven and 17. So 24 points which is really close to where Garnet Hathaby was for his comparable at 1.5 million. Um, but he played what? 70 something games. I 77 believe. games. Yeah, yeah. 77, 77. games, 77 uh, games. He did come in well about 1.1. What did you say again? How much? 1.15 was my number in, okay. in like a two or three year deal. So I was in the ballpark, whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I like Colasari. He's a body, right? He is a body. Yes. He's top 10 in hits. Is he the type of player that the visiting locker room is game planning for before the game starts? We're not going to go that far. 
but you know, he's a good body that can do very well on the fourth line. If he, he, I think if he's on the fourth line, he exceeds his value in the sense that I'll take Keegan Colasar versus the par of fourth liners across the NHL. I think once we start moving him to the third and, you know, second line and God forbid the first line, if there's injuries, which, you know, happened last year on a couple occasions, I think that's when he will certainly struggle. But if Keegan Colasar, you know, can play 70 plus games, and 65 of those games are on the fourth line predominantly. I think first that says good things about how the season is going to go for VGK for not as many injuries. And I think that's a spot where Keegan Colasar might get to 10, 11 goals, might get to, you know, 17, 18 assists and flirt with a 30 point season on top of being a physical presence. Is he the type player that's going to knock you into the first row with Alec Martinez eating nachos? Let's not go that far. But he's going to punish you while you're out there. You're going to have to earn your ice from him. And, you know, Colstar gets a bit of a bad rap, you know, from me, how I talked about him earlier and stuff. And you go on any of the VGK Facebook groups right now, they're all talking about how he overpaid for him. And then I very slightly throw in my, my stat about him being top 10 in hits and top four in scoring. And they're like, oh, you know, so he's, uh, he, he's the villain that the fourth line needs, Tony. There you go. There you are defending the fortress once again. Chris Golick, you know, and we've been really critical on this show about VGK not developing players. Uh, but there could be an argument that they have developed. Here's a homegrown player in Keegan Colasar, who played what? I believe three seasons for Chicago. And now he's part of the VGK organization here on the NHL level. So we've got an argument there that this could be one of the first players truly that they developed from the ground up. I think uh, people that would meet that criteria, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Colasar, White Cloud, and Nick Haig, I believe, are all three that were <clears throat> either drafted or at least started through the AHL level with uh, with the VGK organization. We can fact check that at another time when we have time to do that nonsense. But when we actually pay attention to facts, so. exactly. Yeah, you're the fact person. I'm the BSer, but. Um, no, so, yeah, that that's fair. We have been very critical and concerned. But, yeah, here are three players who are chewing up minutes, um, especially, obviously, White Cloud and Nick Haig, high-level, important minutes on the defensive side of the ice. And, you know, again, Colasar, as much, uh, as much garbage as we do uh, throw towards uh, McCrimmon for – the lack of developing talents, you know, and I, we're going to hit later. We got, we got uh, VGKs playing on the world stage uh, uh, pretty soon as well. And we had some other ones play over the summer too. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe uh, Tony, this, you're the one that's taken the, the, the defending uh, the fortress approach now. And I'm the one that's kind of walking it back to a little bit here. I need some, I need some clout. I need some more followers, you know, on Twitter and social. Media. So do I, I, I have 12. <laughs> hey, guess what? Uh, today, you know, a lot of uh, VGK fans, Patrice Bergeron would be a good fit in Vegas. Will he follow Bruce Cassidy here? Well, uh, Bergeron this morning signing a one-year deal to stay oh, wow. in Boston. So uh, that is some late-breaking news that we are definitely on top of. And, uh, yeah, just, I mean, for this season, what would a successful year look like for Keegan Colasar? He has to have better numbers than he did a season yeah, I mean, that's certainly a start. Um, and I think, I mean, listen, Keegan Colasar out there playing against 
the other team's top two defensive units, that's a tough spot for him to be. That's going to be a tough spot for him to be. So going back to what I said, I really think if he does stick with the fourth line all season, I really do think there is a shot for him to do a little bit better with that. We know William Carrier can create opportunities. Um, if Nick Wah does wind up centering that line, I mean, that's that's a nice mix of skill and strength, if, if, if you ask me. It's not that that scary line necessarily that you don't want to play against when you're you know the visiting team per se but that's still a pretty solid fourth line that's going to be tough to play against they're going to play well defensively I'm trying to get his so he was a minus six last season Keegan Colasar which given his circumstances and what the team did I don't mind him at a minus six if he can be in that same ballpark around a minus six and get up to between 28 and 32 points that's uh, that's value exceeded at 1.4 million in today's NHL folks that minus six, was that his record in fights last Probably. season? Yeah, I, I like, think he was like about we, 500. I think he was 500. Like five. we said, I think that's generous. But like we said um, in our text, I think uh, his one <laughs> moment, his his uh, claim to fame for a fight was that gut punch. I think it was against uh, the Kings in, in that one fight. That was that. That's his claim. <laughs> he does to go fame. to the body pretty well. Yeah, he's working that's on those body shots. So. And of course, and his, well, I thought his claim to fame was making that basket at the WNBA game over buckets, jumping <laughs> down on the trampoline. Listen, Colasar, you know, we, we joked about it. He was kind of doing the PR thing he for did a the little tour. bit there. <laughs> he and, did the entire tour this summer. Good you know, for this him. This year, right? maybe he'll get three posters instead of two this year, Tony. He, he, he It was so weird. He got two posters. Like, it was back-to-back, like, weekend games. Like, he was on the, the giveaway poster. I was like, well, what's going on here? But probably because we traded someone or maybe uh, Dodonoff was supposed to be on one. We know how that played out. I don't know. Coming up next, uh, we're going to take a look at how Nolan Patrick, remember that guy, how he will fit in with the VGK this season. Will he fit in? More after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every single day. I started to take Athletic Greens because I don't have the time to really eat well in the morning, and I wanted better gut health. Uh, Now I've been at it for about three months, and I really do like it. Uh, It doesn't taste like a super healthy drink. It has kind of a mild tropical taste. It's really good. And I actually look forward to taking it each and every morning. What is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day on the right foot. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. I personally consume it first thing in the morning. I like to take it with me when I travel. I had a vigorous travel schedule this past summer. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you are into keto, paleo, uh, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you name it. It contains less than one gram per sh- uh, of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial nothing. And it does cost less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's really good. And uh, Athletic Greens is uh, something that you really need to take. And uh, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by all sorts of professional athletes and trainers everywhere. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids, to kids in need, including no kid hungry right here in the U.S. Make sure right now that you reclaim your health 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one year free supply, one year free supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your very first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Gallick. Chris, that was a lot of fun with Ben Fisher on Friday. We're going to get more guests in here. Uh, yeah, again, definitely. we're on just, yeah, well, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays now uh, during the off season. Back to school day here in Vegas. I mean, yeah, really sucks for the kids. It really is too it's, early. It's, it's, it's too, too early, early isn't it's it? Too, it's too hot. It's too hot outside. Like the kids in the morning, they play in the playground. They get a recess. Then they get, um, you know, their PE class once or twice a week. And it's just a hundred degrees out there. And it's, I don't know. Uh, we, we can, we can rant for a while about this, but it's, it's too early, like at least three more weeks, but I don't know, whatever. And we thank everyone for making Locked on Golden Knights your first listen each and every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget, subscribe at Lockdown VGK on YouTube. And you can check us out at Lockdown VGK uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, let's get into Nolan Patrick. One more season in his uh, contract. Signed a two-year deal at $2.4 million or $1.2 remaining. Biggest question and we'll get into his injury history. Why did Kelly McCrimmon sign him? He was part of that Cody Glass deal. And, of course, Cody Glass has not panned out, has not panned out in the National Hockey League. But this past season, again, the injuries, 57 games. He had a head injury. He had COVID-19. He was out with another undisclosed injury. He's had some really hard luck. The big hit that we remember, right, was in February, that was the hit by Nathan McKinnon with the shoulder that wasn't to the head. Suspended. I don't know how that wasn't. I mean, I watched that hit. Sorry to cut you off there, Tony, but I don't know how that was a legal hit. Like, I didn't think he had a hearing for that. No, and no. I watched no that hit. The puck was gone. Like, there's so many things about defense, defenseless player, blindside hits. There's, there's direct head contact, but that also has a caveat where you can make – the first contact with the head, if it's a legal hit, but I watched that a few times. I didn't like, I mean, I got a hometown bias, of course, but I didn't like anything about that hit, but I'm sorry, Tony, as you were. No, I'm just saying, I mean, so he came back again in March. He was on the ice, I think for a brief period of time, he left the ice in March and we did not see him again. And so I am wondering where he will fit in with VGK this season. A variety of reports, Chris said, He's nowhere near ready to return. And yet we see some predictions that have him. There's no way he'll be the starting center on the third line. That is just, that's ridiculous. Come opening day, I will bet you right now a couple of donuts, okay, that he will not be the starting center. Athletic greens, Tony, athletic greens. We don't need donuts anymore. That's right. On the third line, will not be. I'm going to school you on the first day back to school. Yeah, but I'm not arguing with you on that. That's the thing. I, I told you someone, another agency out there was saying that, but I'm with you on him not being in a good spot. Um, let's talk about Nolan Patrick. I think the first question you posed earlier was why Nolan Patrick and why did VGK take a shot there? So Brandon Wheat Kings, first of all, from 13 to 17. Let's start there. Brandon Wheat Kings, obviously McCrimmon's a former team because 
in that podcast, he actually did mention he sold all his rights to it he, and stuff. But he sold still... his rights. He sold his rights. But he's really good friends with Patrick's family. He's known right. him since he was a junior and a yeah. midi and a midget and all that stuff. So let's look at his stat lines there. First of all, 30, 56 and 55, that, that's uh, points, folks. In 15, 16, 102 points. He goes 41 and 61. Then he backs that up in 33 games, uh, 46 points. So he's basically a point, actually more, more than a point per game player at the WHL level. In the NHL now, he goes, he goes second in this 2017 draft to Philly. Puts up 30 points, respectable start for this for his career there. 30 points in 73 games. Next season, 72 games, 31 points. He goes from a one, a plus one to a minus eight. I don't know how much stock I put into that with the Flyers. But then um, in 2020-21, that's where things seem to take a bit of a turn. 52 games, only nine points, minus 30, and then only 25 games with VGK last year, uh, seven points. So I think they're hoping to find a diamond in the rough first and foremost. They're looking for a diamond in the rough with Nolan Patrick and hoping he can shed his his injuries and things like that. And again, folks, there's a brutal side to hockey. You, you don't uh, ever take that for granted that, you know, there's, you know, these players are are in good health all the time. Nolan, I mean, just, just if you put in Nolan Patrick head injury, there's like one, two, there's like four different situations that pop up right now. The, the hit from uh, Nathan McKinnon, the borderline illegal hit in my amateur opinion, but that's not the only time he's flirted with a head injury. So his career could be over or, you know, kind of looking back at Eric Lindros, who was always one hit away from his career ending. Uh, Jeremy Roenick with the Blackhawks. Oh, my goodness. He, uh, you know, so many headshots. Uh, Paul Correa, just thinking back a little bit as well. You know, so at, at some points. I think uh, from the family perspective, I think it's going to be a longevity and quality of life versus, uh, you know, versus continuing to play hockey. Now, going past all that, if he can return to health and I don't I'm with you, Tony, I don't see him starting the season uh, as a healthy player. But let's just assume at one point he can possibly come back. Does he take the third line? I mean, we, we talked about this before. Eichel obviously is center one. Uh, center two is either Stevenson or um, or William Carlson, depending on if how they want to shake that out, if they want to move Stevie over to the wing or not. Line three, I think, is Brett Howden or Nick Wah. And then line four is Brett Howden or Nick Wah. So I don't see a scenario where Patrick is going to necessarily come in and bump one of those players. I think he needs to prove himself at the lo- at this level. And I could even see him possibly going down. I'm, I'm assuming he's on a one-way contract. But I could even assume I can even see him being sent down and, you know, waivers. And, you know, if he clears waivers, you know, spending some time at the Dollar Loan Center trying to find his game again, because I don't think anyone's going to claim him off waivers. So I really if you want a prediction about Nolan Patrick, I will say he has played prior to December 1st more games at the Dollar Loan Center than T-Mobile Arena. Okay, so he starts the season on LTIR. Probably. So they can hide 1.2 million. I don't know if he ever gets off of LTIR, just from what I've heard. And they did take a major chance. It was a huge risk because Nolan Patrick had come off that season where he sustained all those migraine headaches and didn't really play. He didn't play. And then Kelly McCrimmon to the rescue and they gave him a two-year contract when it should have been just a one-year contract. I felt like where else was Nolan Patrick going to go 
No, and that's, I mean, the the shiny new toy and stuff like that. And maybe, you know, again, I don't know how these negotiations happen, but maybe McCrimmon's camp, you know, appo- approached uh, Nolan Patrick, whoever his agent is, and said, hey, we'll, we'll go for one year at XYZ. And then, you know, they might have, you know, had some negotiating up and back, and they said, give us two years and we'll lower this. And, you know, we got offers from other, who knows? I mean, maybe someone else uh, got one by us. I have no idea how that happens, but would a one-year deal have been better in hindsight? Absolutely. Um, but this is the life that VGK is going to be taking on for a while. They're going to be going for these diamonds in the rough. They're going to be uh, uh, the kid from Finland, um, Mannion. I forgot if I, I can't remember if I got his name right. We talked, Ben Fisher uh, highlighted him on Friday with us. You know, they're they're taking chances on players. They keep going to the well in different Mannion. places. Mannion. Yeah, Mannion. 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 I was close. Pardon me. Mannion is the school next to me here, but that's another thing for another time. <laughs> First day of school. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm thinking oh, about man. right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm still tilting about that right now. Although a quiet house is going to be nice. No offense, Chris and Allie. But <laughs> going back to um going back to Patrick and just BGK right now, yeah, this is this is our this is our our life for a while, folks. We're gonna have you know sixty or so million dollars taken up by what between what twelve or thirteen players or something ridiculous like that. So the rest of our roster is going to be these lottery tickets, even though we don't have a legalized lottery. But it's going to be these uh, these keynote tickets. We'll say that these these keynote tickets. We're trying to hit a ten spotter off of uh, you know betting a dime, you know, while sitting over at PTs or something like that, and hoping uh, hoping to strike gold or something like that. And that's really what needs to happen with one of these players because we're not in that spot where we have uh, Belmar or um, just trying to think of some of the uh, Tomas Nosek, all these players that really did a good job popping in season one on these real low contracts that obviously went on to go elsewhere and and get paid a little bit more, of course. Um, But we really need, you know, that level of output versus the Tomas Tatar path to success and, and Cody glass path to success. I mean, I don't know. We took a shot with Cody glass in that draft that didn't work out. So maybe drafting and developing, maybe drafting isn't the way to go, Tony. Maybe we're just always going to trade our draft picks and we're going to go to the well and keep scratching these uh, or keep going for these cheap Kino tickets and, uh, hoping to hit that progressive over at stations or something one of these days. I got to tell you, I think this team really missed the physical presence of Tomas Nosek. I said that uh, this past season. I and scoring. He just was really solid, solid player. He was phenomenal and, in yeah. the playoff run. Phenomenal in that playoff run. And the fourth in the fourth line. Fourth Playing line. between Reeves and Carrier. I mean, he was carrying oh, carrying Reeves as far as, um, you know, the defensive and offensive side. Um, we were actually, funny story, real fast, um, we did, I think it was between seasons two and three or three and four, they had a season ticket um, uh, event and you got to ride on the high roller behind the link and you got one random VGK on the high roller with you. And it's about a half hour, 35 minute ride. And we had no sec with us, which no offense, but that was kind of a, okay, fine, whatever. But we had no sec. He, he was a fun conversation. And um, someone did ask, what is it like playing on, on a line between uh, Reeves and Carrier? And his first answer was, it's great. I don't got to worry about anything. So I get it. <laughs> it's funny. The high roller. I had this uh, meeting with Caesars executives once on the high roller. They said, we'll meet you there. They go up. So it's timed, right? The meeting's over. We get to the landing spot down on the bottom of the big Ferris wheel and they are just gone. Okay. Great meeting. Later. Bye. I, I want you to give me the names of so executives later. That, that's my old stomping grounds and my old people. I'm sure I got some dirt on them for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. I just remember, too, you know, as we're speaking about Nolan Patrick, uh, that one big story. And the fans in Philly, uh, they are still pissed off They're about uh, drafting. Well, drafting Nolan Patrick. 
over was it at the Kale McCarr draft? <laughs> I think so. And and Bobby Clark uh, this past year lambasting Ron Hextall when he was uh, there in Philadelphia. Now I think he's with Pittsburgh, right? And Hextall, he said that they never should have drafted him in Philadelphia. And that argument debate just goes back and forth. This past season, Nolan Patrick, though, had the best goal of the year between the legs, the Carolina game. Yeah, I, I do remember that now you're pointing that out. It was a close proximity and he found a way to roof it and stuff and great, you know, and um, listen, you know, first and foremost, health is what matters here. You know, health is what matters. We hope he can do what he can to, you know, put himself in a good spot to be able to come back and compete because he was a second overall pick. He was a second overall pick. He did really good things at the WH, WHL level we've seen players from the whl pop at the nhl level um uh peyton krebs i believe played at whl for a while and look he's doing it in buffalo I, I could be wrong it could be ohl but whatever point being is there are a lot of great players that do come through the whl and just maybe that change of scenery is all that they need so hopefully hopefully nolan patrick first can be healthy and if he is healthy enough to compete at a high level again then um we would love to see him back in the vg you know, in the daily BGK lineup, because there is something there. There is something there as far as talent goes. Can he I, unlock that and succeed and become a 20 goal scorer? We're, we're, we're hoping. I don't even remember if he was back at practice much this past season. No, right. I don't think after the second time, well, third or fourth, whatever it was after the last time, I don't think he was anywhere, anywhere near the ice. So he got hit by McKinnon again on that timeline in February. In March, he comes back and then. He just couldn't last. He headed down the tunnel, and that's the last pretty much. Was that one head? Did they ever say was that head related, or was that undisclosed? I don't remember. Undisclosed, yeah. I mean, either undisclosed. way, that's probably the same category, unfortunately, for him. Yeah, that's what we would guess. It was something head related, and just we hope that he can get back on track. He did show some good signs when he was out there. Of course. Uh, when he was healthy or semi-healthy uh, this past season. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about four VGK prospects who are headed to the world. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of the life, of life's greatest joys. It actually is. And guess what? There is a new flavor. It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough. It's covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it once again. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light, chewy texture. They're really good. Real cookie dough chunks. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it, which I really do like. Uh, plus, it's very healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs, 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com today. You can snag a box for you, for your family, perfect treat. You can find that it's really good. You can hide them at home like Chris does. And like all of Built Bars, oh, hi, the, new, <laughs> the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that they are healthy, they are tasty, really good. And what's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein. Your body really absorbs it. It uh, makes it more efficient, provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need it for a snack, for your workout, a late night treat, on and on. It really does taste uh, like a candy bar, but it's not. You can ditch the calories, the fat, the sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar today. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. 
Go to Built.com to get 15% off of your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And Chris, the 2022 IIHF World Championships. Uh, remember that they stopped the games there back last December, and now they are going to get things started underway this month. And for VGK, there are four prospects that will be a part of this. Uh, Lucas Cormier um, of Canada, I think, is the number one prospect that a lot of us would like to see the defenseman. Yeah, no doubt. And he's a long time in that famous QMJHL that I spoke so famously about before. Um, And it's just nice to see these players getting this exposure at this young age in high pressure situations. It will certainly help their development process. And just looking back here, I'm citing a, a, a Vegas Hockey Now article, so I'm not just saying, you know, I'm pulling this out on my own, unfortunately. I'm not that good of a researcher. But uh, Eichel, Howden, Carlson, Petrangelo, Shea Theater, they've all won uh, gold medals before at this level before. So that just shows you the, the the process, if you will, from making the jump from these junior leagues to having the the face time, if you will, in development camp and stuff like that with uh, your respective NHL clubs. And then you go and you compete in these big events and you just learn along the way and it gets you ready. And then maybe you'll see these players again at development camp next year. And then, you know, after that or so, you know, 24 season, that's when you start looking at these players to fill out roster spots. Or, you know, like we said earlier, they become our Kino tickets that can fill out that $60 million, uh, you know, the remaining 20 or so million dollars from the few players that account- that take up 60 million of our contracts. Our yeah, contracts there, there has to be someone, a diamond in the rough out of uh, some of these players. As you mentioned, uh, Cormier is the guy that they're pointing to. Uh, had a really good season, uh, really tough defenseman, uh, played with the Charlottetown Islanders of the QMJHL. And then you have uh, Jacob Demek, a uh, Slovakian, uh, who is a centerman. Uh, Matthias Sapovalev, uh, that's who they drafted this past year, right? Uh, the, yeah, already. Yeah. The 2022 draft, he came out of there and he uh, spent some time with the good old Saginaw spirit, as you know, Chris of the OHL, uh, scored 18 goals, 34 assists, 52 points in 68 games. And the one goalie, Jesper Vikman, uh, from Sweden. And, uh, he'll be the only goalie that appears. Uh, prospect for the VGK in the world juniors. And uh, he's going to play, yeah, for Sweden. Um, Sapovalev is with uh, Czechoslovakia. Slovakia for Demek and the Canadian is Cormier. Sapovalev, that, that's just the name that I remember. Uh, the one day me and, me and my son Christopher, we went to the development camp. Uh, I feel like I remember just watching him on the ice and just making a note because all you see are the numbers on the jerseys, no names. So I made it a point just to say, who who is this guy? And I can't remember specifically, but just I remember him competing really hard. And that was just one of the three or four names. Don't ask me the other three or four now. If I if you say him, I might hear him. But that was one of the names that I definitely do remember as standing out the one day we were there, just kind of being a little bit above everybody else as far as how they were competing, how they were able to finish and being just a little bit above the rest. So, yeah, this will certainly help. And uh, one of the players that stands out outside of the the world juniors uh, that uh, our good friend Ben Fisher had pointed out the other day, he was really impressed and went back and watched a lot of film 
from the developmental camp of Caden Korzak. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Korzak? Because you are also a Henderson Silver Knights season ticket holder. I mean, simply put, he looks the part and looks like he's ready. And I would have to think he is probably competing for that seventh slash eighth spot right now on the roster. But if, I mean, situations of opportunities will present themselves as we do know with the VGK injuries and such. So I think he will spend some time wearing uh, the VGK crest this season. And he he just looks ready. Like, I don't know how much more he's going to gain at the AHL level, just besides experience and maybe more opportunity on the power play end or penalty kill, which you see them purposely putting players out there that don't necessarily get a lot of time like that. I remember seeing that with actually Cody Glass. We were talking about him earlier down in Tucson. We saw a game. I saw, you know, Glass out there on the PK. Like, he's not a PK guy. But that's why you play those extra games in the AHL and such like that. So, I think you'll kind of see the same thing happening there. And, yeah, I think he's uh, an injury away from uh, possibly being on the top four, depending on, uh, you know, what craziness will ensue in Season 6, Tony. Okay, coming up later this week, so we are on again on Wednesday and on Friday. I have a couple of topics. I want you to do more because you're in the sports card trading business, <laughs> and I want to kind of delve into that, dive yeah, a little bit into fun. that. Yeah, and uh, we'll, find we'll, out a little we'll bit We'll rip more. a box. We'll, I'll, do, I'll do a live break. Okay, that's cool. And then uh, not you're not playing poker on, on our show, are you? Okay. And then uh, the other topic that came up this past weekend – uh, that we tweeted about at Lockdown VGK, uh, the Kings put out a tweet, who is our biggest rival? And we could get into who VGK's rival is. Do they have one? Uh, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot right now, but we could think an awful lot about no, it. it, and it I, just, I think there's some good arguments to be Do we consider here. the Sharks a rival is the question. Otherwise, who's but second? Have they beaten them the last 28 times in a <laughs> row or something like that? Unfortunately, one time they didn't. That one time, that one time. Chris, thanks so much. Get back uh, to the school zones. Adhere to those today. <sighs> yes. Back to school. I know. And I feel bad for the kiddos. I really do. I wish they could spend more time on, on at the beach with you and the fam. <laughs> we thank everyone for tuning in today. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first lesson each and every day. I'm Tony Cardasco for my man, Chris Golick. Once again, you could find us at Lockdown VGK. And make sure that you check out the brand spanking new YouTube channel and subscribe. Subscribe there. Check it out. We thank all the listeners. The numbers are going through the roof on the podcast. And we appreciate you all. We'll see you again on Wednesday right here on Locked On Vegas Golden Knights.